and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation. You can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run, or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia is the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code Peak Endurance, that's Peak Endurance, all one word with caps, to get 10% off at checkout. Now, who doesn't like saving money? Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hello and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Episode 127 is an interview with Ross Jenkin. Ross is the first person to complete a continuous traverse of the UK's four big mountain challenges. The Paddy Buckley Rind in North Wales, which is 47 summits. The Dennis Rankin Rind in Northern Ireland, 39 summits. The Ramsey Rind in Scotland, 24 summits. And the Bob Graham Rind in the English Lake District with 42 summits. This comes to a total of 152 summits with 387 kilometres of running and 31,800 metres of ascent. Ross comes onto the podcast to share with us how he went about completing this amazing challenge and the awesome charities he was raising money for. I hope you enjoy this episode, so it would be wonderful if you could subscribe and write a review. This helps to boost the ratings of the show and thus increase its audience reach. Fish on the Run gave five stars and says, Loving Isabel's podcasts. I've started listening to the Peak Endurance podcast on my long runs and I've been loving the interviews Isabel has done with some of the world's best ultra runners. So much knowledge is shared and I can't wait to get through all her podcasts. Also really excited about her interviews with everyday runners. Certainly worth a listen and can't wait to see where she heads next. Thank you so much for your lovely words. I'm glad through my podcast that I am there with you on your long runs. So please don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you want to get on the waiting list for coaching with me, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au. 
because it's not too early to start thinking about your 2022 races. Enjoy my chat with Ross. Hey, it's Tom Dade here. I'm back with some more thoughts. And today I want to talk a little about ego in training um, and using your ego and just identifying it. Um, I'm going to just share what I've realized about my own training. And yeah, so pretty much um, I've realized as I've been more, more I'm training and um, experience different things uh, whilst training is uh, I, uh, I used to do this a lot I used to do these massive runs um, you know, marathon runs or, or you know, ultra training runs and I do them frequently you know, on a week to week basis and um, they helped a lot uh, you know, at the time but it, I, well, they were fueled by ego and trying to make myself feel better and to feel good about myself and I feel this is a trap it's, it's really easy to fall into because um, it's also kind of um, celebrated amongst people to keep you know to keep doing it to keep pushing and it is good to keep pushing in the train but uh, realizing why and your motivation of why you're doing it I, I think is important um, because when you don't when you don't do them and you're not hitting those big things all of a sudden it's you're not so happy with yourself and doing them often all the time um, for most people isn't sustainable just because of life and their bodies um, but anyway I fell into that trap a while back and started to pay the price for it and my you know body started to break down and um so it's something I want to say you should be careful about when it comes to the ego. But at the same time, I think using that ego to fuel training also isn't a bad thing either because it can get you to push um, during you know certain times. And I don't think it's just black and white, like use it or don't use it. And But I, the point I'm trying to make is I feel like you should identify it and realize your motivation for wanting to do those kind of things uh, and realizing uh, in particular too when you can't and your body can't do it or you just really don't want to mentally um, but you did have it kind of planned is realizing that it's okay not to and it is just your ego just pushing you to do that to feel good about yourself because then that's not a trap you don't want to be running to feel good about yourself that's not a good trap to get into it's not healthy mentally um and it's really easy to fall into. I still do it. I still struggle with it. And I go do a big run, run through injuries to feel good about myself, just to feed the ego. And I think this is all something we should all think about um, and implement in our training. And, you know, even on another note, when you, you know, if you're using Strava or something and you see, you know, some people do all these really big, freaking big runs, and you're like, wow, it's amazing. And yes, it is amazing. Um, and I'm not trying to take any credit away from people that do that. And some people can do it all the time and it's not ego at all and it's 100% fine. But uh, sometimes that person may be, be fueled by ego and it's, you know, you should consider that. And, you know, don't judge yourself for not doing it. And I think that's important and something to think about. 
Anyway, enough for me. Thank you. and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. How about you? Yeah, good, thank you. That's Thank good. you for having me on. Yeah, no, and thank you for coming on. Nate, just could you tell the listeners uh, here in Australia who may not have heard of you a bit about yourself your, and your running background and how you got into ultras? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I, uh, I'm British. Um, I have been doing uh, mountain running for uh about six or seven years um before that i really i lived in spain and i did a lot of adventure racing with a spanish team um and that involved running but it wasn't my main focus i was more about mountain biking really at that point um and when i came back to the uk i found that the adventure racing scene wasn't really uh well, there wasn't really a scene really there wasn't uh, many races over here in the north of england because i suppose in the north of england we've got um we've got the mountains uh so uh people are more focused on the running uh, mountain running fell running as we call it in the uk um and uh just so I, over time i just kind of found i'm better at long stuff rather than uh, the short fast um uh, races I've done a lot of short races um, uh, up to sort of marathon distance. I've done absolutely loads. And in in, in the Lake District, where I'm from, um, we have uh, a lot of fell races. Um, every mountain has got one or two fell races on it. And every weekend you can oh, be wow. doing uh, two or three races if you wanted to. Uh, I know some people who do do uh, two races pretty much every weekend in on fell races most of them kind of uh, do you work in miles or kilometers over there kilometers yeah so most of the race is about sort of four kilometers up to 15 with yes. quite a bit of elevation um uh, yeah it's just really hard <laughs> it's high impact uh, yeah. uh, it's good competition i love the competition side of it but Oh, it just hurts too much. <laughs> I agree. I think the shorter races hurt too much. I'd prefer that long, drawn-out pain, quite frankly. Yeah, well, absolutely. The high impact it, it, with, with of the short races, it burns your lungs. You, you, you just feel like you're going to have a heart attack all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just kind of got drawn towards longer and longer. Um, and actually, the uh, I think the first long long race i did was actually an adventure race which was a four-day non-stop mountain biking uh, mountain running uh kayaking um in scotland oh, wow. that was four days stop, which was good good fun we came ninth in the in europe so that was quite good um um but then uh uh i then I heard about like the Bob Graham round and all of these things, um, which is where the story begins, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's right. You recently completed what you called the Big Four at 40, where you yeah. had the four biggest rounds in the UK. Now, can you explain to the listeners what this involved and how you came up with the idea? Yeah. Uh, in, um, in England, in the Lake District, um, where this is really close to where I live, um, there's a 24-hour mountain round which 
uh, is approximately 105 kilometers thereabouts. Um, it has about 8,500, 8,600 meters of height gain oh, wow. um, and 42 peaks um, that you summit over that time. It was started by a guy called Bob Graham um, oh, a long time ago in, in the 50s, I think, something like that. Um, and he, he called it the long walk, but people <laughs> were made of different stuff back then and they, they that was a long walk. And these days it's considered to be um, one of the sort of toughest um, fell running challenges. Um, and, and it is a challenge, it's not a race or anything like that. You can just do it whenever you want. Um, uh, and if you get within 24 hours, you, part, you're, you become part of the Bob Graham Club and uh, you get invited to a dinner and things like that. Um, so for most fell runners and mountain runners in the UK, it's the lifetime achievement, it's the, the goal to try and uh, do a Bob Graham in uh, 24 hours. Um, there's also a similar one in Scotland called the Charlie Ramsey Round um, and a, another one in Wales called the Paddy Buckley Round and also one in Northern Ireland called the Charlie, uh, sorry, the Dennis Rankin Round. Um, about four years ago, something like that, maybe five years ago, a friend of mine was training to do the Bob Graham, the English one. Uh, I was helping him and we were going out doing recce's on all the uh, all the sections of the route and um, we were just training all together and that's where my distance started building up but I was definitely not uh, yet a ultra runner at that point um, uh, but afterwards he actually completed his in I think 2018 I think it was uh, maybe 17 17 or 18 I can't quite remember um, but afterwards, he said, uh, I kind of wish that I'd trained to do or planned to do the Scottish one and the Welsh one, Paddy and the Ramsey, around the same time. At that point, we didn't even know the Northern Irish one existed. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it is a bit smaller, but it's, it's uh, one of the four home nations, so it's, uh, it, is, it exists. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he felt that it would have been much more logical and more sensible to do all four, all three, sorry, within one training block, so yeah. to speak. So do one, have a rest for a month uh, with a bit, of, a bit more training, do the next. So you don't have to um, train twice because the amount of training you have to do, you know, you're doing uh, 4,000 metres of height gain and, and uh, 100, 100, 120 kilometres a week. Um, every week to get chained up ready to go for that you need to have the hill climbing in your legs yeah that's right yeah he, he wasn't he wasn't there for that it wasn't he hadn't planned and it's yeah. quite a, quite a lot of planning to do it so that got me thinking of, oh yeah or well, maybe when i'm ready when i am gonna go and do it i should do all three in one year and i thought well that seems a bit unfair on northern ireland and i've lived in northern ireland for 10 years so I thought, well, there must be something in Northern Ireland, and then I can do all four in, in, in a year. And in a year sounds achievable yeah. and sensible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as, uh, as we were chatting and things, I just said, oh, I wonder if anyone's ever done them back to back in a, in a, a week or so. Uh, looked into it, 
So no, no, no one's done it because no one's that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then that idea, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, that idea just kind of started niggling away, and uh, it was like a brainworm sort of thing um, where I just I couldn't stop thinking about it, and uh, uh, I eventually came came to the conclusion that if I'm gonna try it in a year. I may as well try it in a week. Um, there's no one's done it before, probably because it's a bit stupid to do it, <laughs> but uh, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. And uh, since I was turning 40 in a, in a couple of years at the point when I thought of it, um, I thought, well, big four at 40, that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's a good it's a good sort of soundbite. It's uh, it can uh, be a fundraising challenge and all that sort of thing at the same time, um, and yeah, so that's where it was. That's where it was born. The idea. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And so, um, so you've created that. Have you turned it into an FKT? Well, uh, yes and no. Um, it's a uh, the the big four forty is a combination of four separate rounds yeah. and it, i think it's disrespectful to the those four rounds in itself in, in each and each of them to then call it the ross's round or something yeah. for yeah. the four together it's not the four together um as as a single thing it's not my round yeah. it's simply four separate ones put together um so there is um on the sort of British equivalent of the FKT website, there's something called GoFar website. Um, uh, they have um, notable completions and things like that. Um, so they have um, anyone who's done the big three. Um, and they also have John Kelly's round, his grand round when, when he cycled between them. Um, and mine, the big four will go on it at some point it's not it, it doesn't update it that regularly so it will go on it does okay um yeah. Uh, so yeah it's i think notable is a fair point fair way to put it it uh is the total of 152 summits yeah um with around 400 kilometers um 32,000 meters of height gain wow. all in within one week um six days and 21 hours with 110 hours of moving time so yeah it's uh, I, I completed it yeah i did manage to complete it uh, on the second attempt yeah that's right because uh yeah when when was your first attempt again um the first attempt was august last year yeah um i actually uh this week August last year, uh, I've been getting Facebook notifications <laughs> and memories saying, "Oh yeah, this is when you were, you came on uh, in Scotland and did this and all that." So, yeah, it's quite quite an emotional week, really. Um, but, so, how yeah, did last... you train the rounds? Uh, my long-suffering wife um, drove uh, our camper van, so I was sleeping in the back whilst we were travelling, um, and. Uh, yeah, she was driving around, and then um, we had support at each uh, each location. So in Scotland, we had a support team and Wales support team, etc., um, so that she didn't have to do the road support. Yeah. 
in each location as well as doing all the driving between um yeah, did some but not hard. everything yeah yeah and so yeah. i know with the rounds in the uk that um it's often the locals who come out and support is that what happened for you yeah um uh, that's one of the most amazing things actually um not once but twice i had this amazing team of um supporters um from all over the place some traveling from quite a long way to come and support uh, i think it's an element of people want to be part of something that's a bit interesting and different so they don't they, they don't mind but the the bob graham round particularly has the ethos that if you are going to go and attempt it then really you should have helped other people beforehand and wrecked a lot and things like that um so that you are part of the community before you actually go and run it um and you know i've helped maybe uh 10 15 different bob graham rounds over the last few years um and i'll help a lot more yet and yeah. help with other activities and things as well um uh, it's just part of the ethos and you, you know you're not meant to pay for a guide to take you around and all of that sort of thing so but the the problem was um for northern ireland particularly but for scotland and for wales going out and wrecking and helping other people on their rounds in those areas was a bit difficult um time consuming and expensive to travel i mean we have to get a ferry or a flight to Belfast to um to get across to Northern Ireland and it just wasn't feasible to go and do that on a regular basis when you have to train you have work you have a family all these things um so for those three locations I was relying on people um just coming out of the woodwork and helping me without I didn't even know most of them yeah. the vast majority were just complete strangers who volunteered their time and uh helped me to achieve this uh pretty awesome goal um so yeah the the amount of support i've had has been amazing but that's what's so wonderful about the ultra running community really isn't it it certainly is yeah um it's one of the things that has kept me in the ultra running community rather than going back to the shorter races as well yeah. because uh, I suffer with depression um, and PTSD from uh, from my job, um, and uh, I think the majority of people in ultra running are a little bit broken. <laughs> yeah. um, and when you're running along beside someone who you inevitably find someone with a similar pace in a race that uh, you end up running along beside for a long time, um, and they uh, you you end up talking about everything and anything and you find out that they're suffering in a similar way and they can help in this way and you help them in a different way um so yeah it's it, the support in the community is lots of like-minded people and uh, it's just been absolutely amazing yeah yeah no i mean i, I agree with you 100 percent. and and that leads us on to who you said you were thinking of doing it you know originally for a charity and, and you did so did you want to tell listeners a bit about the charity yeah um there's the the three charity groups that uh, i've split my fundraising between there's um uh, mountain rescue um in the uk mountain rescue is completely voluntary oh, okay. um not government funded or anything um so uh 
they they need huge amounts of funds I mean, to, to get helicopters out and all that sort of thing. They need massive amounts of funds. So uh, any funds that they get is great. And it's all normal people in normal jobs um, who get a phone call or a text on the phone saying someone's someone's broken the leg, someone's lost, whatever it is, come out and uh, help. Um, and so, yeah, there's loads of mountain rescue groups around the UK. And that was one of my, my fundraising. Uh, targets to help help them uh, the dogs trust is a group in the uk that um rescue uh, abandoned and mis uh, mistreated dogs um yeah. i'm a massive dog lover so uh, also uh, supporting them but i think the most important one for me was a, a, a organization called campaign against living miserably calm uh -huh. um, yeah and they they are a mental health charity who initially started to help men with um, uh, problems, uh, mental health problems, and who are feeling suicidal. Um, and that kind of resonated with me um, because as men, for, for generations, we've been encouraged to hide our feelings and uh, crying is uh, girly and, um, uh, being a wimp and all of showing your emotion is a terrible thing apparently but yeah. actually you have to talk about it so I've made my okay. mission apart from the running is to encourage people to talk about it and uh, I on my social media I do talk about when I'm having bad days or the fact that I'm off work at the moment for uh, for depression um, I talk about that and uh, I wanted to do something with a charity to um, help that. And the last update I had from them, uh, they had received around, uh, uh, what was it, about 2,000, 2,300 pounds, something like that, uh, maybe 2,500, around that amount. Um, and that uh, has gone towards answering around 250 calls, which, 250 calls that might be uh, one person who's called 250 times but the chances are there's an awful lot of people who yeah. have rung them in crisis saying yes. help me um yeah. uh so that feels pretty good that i've directly helped people th through the fundraising directly help people to um maybe maybe just they needed someone to talk to but it could be that it saved their lives yeah, yeah, so you, you don't know how many lives you saved through those just those calls alone. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a, a really important part of it. And my fundraising page is still open on Virgin Money Giving, um, Ross's uh, Ross Jenkins Big Four at Forty. So it's still open, and I'm still. I'll, I'll grab the link off you um, later and and put that in the show notes as well. I also yeah. um, appreciate that it, I I really think it's important on things like social media is not always showing just the highlights of our life, but but showing, you know, the times when we're not having the best moments. Absolutely. And for young people, it's so important. As adults, I think we can appreciate that social media can be a bit of a bu bubble yes. that is just so um, rosy and positive all the time for, yeah. for the majority of people. Um, but... Um, and my daughter is a perfect example of that, where, where she sees very posit positive messages all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's so important for people to know 
that actually these people who achieve great things also have really really rough times sometimes and struggle with um struggle with life in general um i think that's important and i've had uh, a lot of messages um from people who are genuinely appreciating the fact that i'm being open and honest about what's going on um and uh, one particular message which has uh, one person has messaged me several times. Um, she was a friend before uh, I was open about it. She's got two sons, and uh, she has said that two sons struggle a little bit, and uh, they didn't like struggling. They didn't like admitting that they were struggling. Yeah. Um, they're only young. They're only maybe 11, 12 years old, something like that. Wow. But they, she shows them my posts saying, look, look what Ross does. He does this amazing uh, running stuff. And also he suffers. And he's got a, a, an important job, but he still suffers. So it's okay to suffer. You just need to talk about it. You know? yeah. So uh, it's really nice and feels good to, to know that you can help people like that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, and that's good that she's open with it, with it about them too. Uh, no. Yeah. In regards to this, like you were talking about training, how did you then yep. prepare for for such a big effort? Uh, again, a very good, long-suffering wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I work shift work as well. So um, the bonus of working shifts means that when my daughter is at school, my wife's at work, um, I can then go out for five, six, seven, eight hours on the bells running um, and it doesn't really affect home life that much. Oh, um, uh, the, you know, DIY in the house suffered and uh, Maria did um, most of the cooking uh, um, a lot of the time and things like that. Definitely didn't spend as much time in the house as I would usually. But yeah. I was doing about, about 100 to 120 kilometres a week yeah. Um, and most of that was on fells, but yeah. also you need to keep up the speed work on on the flat as well to uh, make sure you're not just getting slow as you get up on the mountains and that's it. Yeah. But around uh, between two and five thousand meters of uh, height gain every week as well. Um, yeah. So uh, you practice your like your hiking as well. Y yeah. Well, the the fells here they. Um, I don't know what it's like in, uh, where you are, but uh, I know in the Alps, most of the mountains, when you're in the Alps, you're walking or running on big prepared trails that you yeah. can pretty much drive a um, four before. <laughs> um, in the Lake District and in my local hills right beside me, there's none of that. No, that's there's right. Yeah. Barely any trails. It's rough grass uh, yeah. or heather or rock. Um, you can't really run on that, can you? <laughs> Not uphill, no. Um, so when you're when you're running uphill and there's absolutely no path, it is definitely hiking. <laughs> um, you get used to the rough terrain for uh, flat and the downhill, um, and still running then. But it is it's quite a unique thing um, over here. The, the the mountain routes are at most on on little tiny. Um, what we would call trods or sheep trails that sort of thing um little little tiny lines that are 30 centimeters wide sort of thing um and that would be the, some of the best paths you'll be on 
Um, so yeah, hiking is a big part of it for sure. And when it come, came to the big four, um, the first round I spent most of the time running in in Wales. Um, apart from the steep ups, um, the second round in Northern Ireland. That is, like I said before, it's the easiest one. It's about two thousand, two and a half thousand meters less of height gain and about fifty k less in distance. Um, that one is mostly running for sure. Yeah. Then Scotland, um, it was uh, mostly hiking. I'd say by that point I was pretty tired, <laughs> um, and it took twenty nine hours um, in yeah. Scotland. Um, uh, some pretty spectacular scenery, as you can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, knife edge ridges. Hiking. If you've practiced your hiking, you, I mean, you can hike pretty fast, really. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's about keeping a good pace. I mean, yes. um, Billy Bland is a man who uh, had the record on the Bob Graham round until um, it was beaten a couple of years ago by uh, Killian Jornet. Yeah. Um, um, Billy Bland famously did the Bob Graham round with his son as a walk. And he still did it in 22 hours. Wow, yeah. So he was hiking. He, yeah, fast hiking, but just hiking, no running. So it is possible to do, um, but you need to have a very good pace and you need to not stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, um, what did you do for nutrition? Because that would have been really important for you to be able to um, sustain the effort for so long. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, during well, before doing the big four, my normal sort of nutrition was um, sandwiches um, as the savoury option with a packet of crisps or nuts. Um, uh, I've been using uh, an energy bar called Voom bars for quite a long time, um, and they are kind of a sugary substitute for a, a gel but they're in a bar, very easy, digestible and really tasty. So I had it all set up for each each leg. I had a bag of, of um, Voom bars, sandwich, crisps, um, chocolate bar, um, different things in each for each leg, because each each um, round is split into five legs. So I had a, a food bag for each leg. Okay. <laughs> and then um, other things to eat between the legs, like... Um, uh, rice pudding pots, baked beans pots, um, pot noodles, those sorts of things that were prepared by the um, road support crew. Yeah. Um, uh, so the first round, it was extremely hot. That was Paddy Buckley in Wales. It was, I say extremely hot, it was about 28 degrees, which might not sound hot, hot. but yeah, it's hot. It, yeah, but it's also very humid. So yeah. it was unbearable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, so difficult to do anything. Um, and I just found I couldn't eat anything at all. I was drinking so yeah. much, but I just couldn't eat. Um, and uh, so, and the bread, bready sort of uh, things like sandwiches, I, I couldn't swallow it. It, oh, it was no. just unpleasant. Um, so for the second round, I had to change it, change it up completely. I uh, remember I was in the uh, van with Maria. She was preparing my food for the uh, for the, for the Dennis Rankin in Northern Ireland, yes. and 
she said, okay, so what do you want in your sandwiches? I'm like, I don't want sandwiches. I don't know what I want. Yeah. I don't know. What sandwiches? <laughs> Just not sandwiches. Um, so she suggested um, having a, a wrap, like a Mexican oh. tortilla wrap yeah. with um, uh, an omelette. Um, uh, it has an egg, egg omelette in the wrap. Nice. Um, with ham yeah. and a little bit of cheese, just a little bit of cheese, just for an extra bit of flavour. And it was the best thing <laughs> I could have eaten. It just went down so easily and so tasty, and lots of salt in there. It was great. So that's the, that became the savoury option for every round from then on. Yeah. Um, between the uh, legs, um, uh, do you have pot noodles in over there? Yeah. Yeah. So pot noodles, trash food, but, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but are the great for mid ultras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that was uh, most of my nutrition: boom bars, um, chocolate, and uh, um, the wraps with yeah. pot noodles. And and the wraps with the egg. Well, that would that's also protein, which you know you need for the muscle breakdown. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And. Uh, one of the key things uh, often people forget is during an ultra you need to start repairing your muscles during it as well so you need to have protein during yeah. an ultra yeah. um uh, you don't obviously need protein in a two-hour run but in 10 15 20 hours absolutely you need it you need protein in there as well and it's not just glucose and uh, no. carbohydrate no no i totally agree did you um get any sleep or were you able to I assume you were sleeping in the car or the, the van <clears throat> were you able to sleep at all yeah um one of the good things really was um the because the second round was in Northern Ireland and we have to get ferries across okay um I, and the added inconvenience but also a bonus for this was we couldn't go to Ireland. We weren't allowed to go to Ireland because of COVID. Oh, yeah. So the ferry from Wales to, well, it's actually from Liverpool to um, uh, Belfast was an eight-hour ferry. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So had we gone from uh, Wales to Dublin, which is what we did last year, yeah. um, that's only about a three-hour ferry. Um, yeah. So you didn't really have time for proper sleep but on the eight hour ferry we actually got a cabin and uh, had a bed and a shower it oh, was great. Wonderful. <laughs> and so, yeah, you, to, you didn't have an option so you had to well, so. absolutely yeah yeah um so no that that was a real bonus to have that um that sleep and it was i just was out cold ate a big meal on the boat and uh then just passed out basically um it, it was a real bonus and a nice hot shower as well. <laughs> yeah, the shower would have been rejuvenating. <laughs> so, um, yeah. do you have any challenges along the way? Oh, yeah. Um, the first challenge, the first major challenge was the heat in Wales. Yeah. Um, I got cramped non-stop. Even though I was drinking loads, I just wasn't yeah. getting enough food in. Um, so I got so bad cramp and uh, just felt faint because I couldn't couldn't eat. Um uh, and I was mentally struggling as well at that point because I was thinking, how am I kidding myself that I'm yeah. going to go and do another three rounds, but I can't even do the first one. Um, 
and I was really suffering until the sun went down. As soon as the sun went down, mm. my mood picked up, my uh, the cramps stopped, and um, I could then start eating again. Um, it was it was like a, 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 a literally having a light switch, <laughs> switched the sun off, and everything went okay again. But um, as I got to the end of the round, um, Maria, my wife, said uh, was basically saying it was the leg four, leg five, sorry, before leg five. So um, we weren't sure I was going to have time to finish it to be able to get on the boat, um, and that was oh, crucial. Wow. We had to make the boat. Of course. Um, I had built in about two hours leeway um, in my schedule, just in case it was going slowly. Yeah. But that two hours had been eaten into um, because of the heat. We'd, yeah. uh, I'd gone much slower. So by the time I got to the end of leg four, uh, I was close to saying, well, I've got to stop here rather yeah. than uh, finish the round because I haven't got time. Oh, wow. um, and my... Uh, leg five support um, guy is a guy called Warren Renkel. He um, uh, he's actually a coach as well, so, and he knows the mountains around there really, really well. And he basically said, "You've got uh, three hours forty-five to get round this this leg. Um, I should be able to get you round it, but if we're going too slow, we can escape down before the last two peaks." Um, and still make it within 345 with no problem at all. So let's give it a try. Yeah. Um, uh, I ended up, uh, I was very motivated to finish at that point. So I ended up actually running that section in three hours 20. Wow. Um, absolutely smashed it. It was kind of like a leg five uh, time if you're only doing leg five. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, it. Yeah, I got back to the van and yeah, vomited, but that's not the point. <laughs> we got on the boat in time, could rest, could eat, uh, everything else. So that was the first challenge for sure. Um, Northern Ireland went pretty smoothly, really. Um, minor problem where someone uh, forgot to pick up the uh, food bag for leg oh, no. two. Yeah. So um, uh, luckily I had a bit of extra left in my bag and uh, everyone else who was helping on that leg chipped in a little bit and so it was fine um but yeah there was a moment of what seriously <laughs> can't believe you forgot it oh no yeah. but the, again these people are there to help you and that's right it's yeah. not fair to get angry with them just okay. because they've made, made a minor mistake um yeah. Yeah. and they were navigating they traveled up from dublin from uh, from all over the place to help so yeah. um now uh, it's just one of those things. It worked out well. It was fine. Um, and yeah, pretty much Northern Ireland went, went really well. Uh, finished it in 23 hours, um, deliberately going quite slowly because uh, last year when I attempted it, Northern Ireland was where the problems started for me. Um, I, I went way too quickly. Um, uh, I was on for about a 20 hour finish. And oh, what's wow. the point? I had 24 hours to do it. That's Why right. go? 20 yeah. um and as i got to the towards the end of it i was developing tendonitis in both shins oh. um, right the way from sort of middle of my shin down to the top mm -hmm. of my foot on both both legs and it was extremely painful yeah. so that 
completely scuppered the final round. Um, but it was actually not the final round, but it ended up being my final round last year. Mm. Um, so this year I went much, much slower and just enjoyed being out. Um, I mean, it's still hard. Of course, it's hard. Um, yeah. uh, physically and sleep-wise, I was getting really sleep-deprived sleep by the end of it. Um, but, yeah, it went well. Um, then Scotland, <coughs> um, the, the Charlie Ramsey. Again, that, that went pretty well. Um, but I was out for a very long time. 29 hours yeah. I was out for. Um, and... Uh, by the time I was around the sort of 24 hour mark, uh, I was suffering from sleep deprivation, massively suffering, stumbling along on these knife edge ridges with oh, uh, God. Yes, of course. Yeah, six to 700 meter vertical drops on each side of the, the mountain. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I, was, I was actually really scared myself. Yeah. Usually that sort of terrain, I'll bounce over no problem at all and it, um, it doesn't worry me but because I was stumbling around and I could recognize that I was and my brain wasn't working properly yeah. I was thinking one stumble or slip yes. here and that's it um yeah. I even started seeing things as well I saw a, a giant alien size and um, praying mantis in the rock <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the sleep deprivation is very real. Yes, oh, <laughs> um, I know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so uh, how did you navigate that sleep deprivation part? Like, how did you stop yourself from falling off? Um, well, it, it's a question to an extent of mind over matter, for sure, whereas I'm very much concentrating um, on what was going on. I had um, uh, one fellow behind me and another fellow in front of me um, yeah. The guy in front of me, Pav, he was doing the navigation and uh, the guy behind me was looking after my welfare, um, yeah. uh, basically. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, by that point, we'd pretty much run out of anything caffeine-based. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we were down to the last half bar of caffeine-based <laughs> um, uh, caffeine products. Um, so I was kind of like eating a little bit thinking, yeah, yeah, this is going to work. And it was like um, I had a 15-minute window of yeah. being alert, and then it'd crash again. Yeah. Um, so it didn't. the caffeine just didn't last long. No. So I used what we had left to get across this knife-edged, um, dangerous part. Um, yeah. Well, particularly dangerous. It was all pretty dodgy up there. When you see the... There is going to be a film coming out, so oh, when you see okay. the film... You was it's what, what I'm talking about with the dodgy terrain. Can't wait um, to see it. Yeah, well, no, I, I haven't seen any, any of it yet. <laughs> you can't really remember that properly. <laughs> no, absolutely. There's a lot of it that's a bit blurry, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in Scotland, that was the only real danger or worry. Um, there was nothing too dangerous or bad this time. Last time, Scotland was... Um, uh, the first one, the first round that I did, okay. and actually it, it went, it went really well. Uh, up to the point it didn't. <laughs> um, I was yeah. going a really good pace, and I was loving it. Um, but on the last leg, 
the uh, a storm came in, a named storm. Um, so the wind was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, that would have been um, scary too. We had to abandon it because it was too dangerous. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, it was really quite, really quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So what was the high point from the run? Um, well, so many ups and downs, really. Yeah. Um, I think it, it kind of goes without saying that the absolute high point was finishing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the the final round in in uh, England, the Bob Graham round, that uh, in many ways, the, uh, the whole of the Bob Graham round was the high point because uh, because I'd taken a bit longer on the previous ones and I had to go for a massage between Scotland and England um, uh, to try and loosen up some uh, tendons and things. Um, it meant my start time was about eight hours later than I had planned for. So yeah. most of the support runners for England couldn't do it anymore. Um, yeah. And they all had to be completely rearranged. Um, but what that did mean is the people who uh, originally hadn't said that they would support me because they thought I'd be going too fast, um, uh, then could. Um, yeah. And that friend from right at the very beginning, five years ago, oh. um, uh, he was able to come and join me. He Thank hadn't you. intended to because he's been badly injured for quite a long time and he's not running at the moment at all. Yeah. Oh. But because he knew I was walking, yeah. by that point he said yes i'm in let me i'm coming for sure and several other people um showed up who i i, mean, I didn't arrange any of this this was my maria my wife and um a friend cat who arranged it all behind the scenes so i didn't even know who was showing up i just knew someone was <laughs> and uh another friend who's been injured for a long time he came and did um a couple of legs with me because i was going at a slow pace he could manage it and so I ended up having people who are good friends with me for the majority of that round which was just it was absolutely amazing yeah. to have Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and and some people who were very unexpected like um my uh, ex-girlfriend who I haven't seen or spoken to for about 15-20 years <laughs> um her her new husband showed oh. up and I, I've never met the guy oh, um, he was a lovely man it was but it was it was a very surreal moment but how nice is that that's cool absolutely and then uh I suppose one of the real high points was at the end of leg four on the Bob Graham um uh, right at the end last summer before we descend down into a village called Frelkeld um it's on Clough Head uh, there's an older gentleman standing on the top of the mountain who just said, hi, another one for your team. I don't think you know me, but uh, I, I knew you years ago. It's uh, Derek Franz. Uh, sorry, Derek, uh, uh, Derek Fryer. And I said, Derek, Derek, no way. I totally remembered him. Um, he actually taught me navigation about ah. 25, 30 years ago, and I haven't seen him since. So in a way, he kind of started this whole journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was absolutely amazing to see him there. I mean, he ran that little bit and then ran the end of the whole um, 
the whole uh, Bob Graham with me as well. So Derek Fryer, what a guy. <laughs> He's about 70, 75, something like that, 80 oh, wow. maybe. Um, yeah, oh, it's great to have him there. Uh, yeah, just a really lovely moment. And then again, for the last leg, another guy showed up who I ha hadn't seen for a couple of years. He's not even a runner at all. He yeah. rock climbed. Uh, uh, but he knew I wasn't wasn't going to be running, so he showed up and helped. So yeah, oh yeah, it was a, it was a really really nice um, round. I had a, I had a couple of very low points, but um, yeah, I mean that's part of it, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it that your high points are to do with people and the community. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's all it's been all about the people. Um, yeah, bringing these people uh, out into the out from the woodwork and meeting new people. I've made some lifelong friends yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the path who I mentioned in Scotland he's been uh, I, I've met up with him a few times since and he's definitely a lifelong friend and another guy Ben he's going to be a friend for forever um, and uh, I, I'm sponsored now by Dina Fit it's an um, outdoor uh, well running and skiing brand yeah, and cool. they support me with kit um, and the rep in the UK is a guy called Gus. He uh, he's become a great friend. I'm going to his stag do in a few in a few weeks time. Um, I never knew him before uh, before this whole journey. Um, when I, I approached him at a race in Scotland uh, two and a half years ago, and just said to him, "Why right, you need to give me kit?" And he says, "Why?" Uh, I said, "Well, I'm going to attempt to do this crazy thing," and he says. Okay then, and that was it. <laughs> it worked quite well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've just made friends. I made loads of friends and yeah. uh, connected with old friends who I haven't seen for years and years. Uh, which it's just been, it's been a, the best thing about it for sure is all that. And then the fundraising on top has been great too. Yeah, that's awesome. So how's your recovery been? Yeah. Um, I'm still recovering. I mean, this was yeah. what two months ago now, two and a half months ago, something like that. But I'm still definitely in the process of recovering. Um, I mentally and physically. The yeah. when you think after a, an average ultra, that the, most people will have the post ultra mental sort of dip in the week afterwards. Well, this is a week long ultra, yeah, <laughs> so the fun. dip was. The dip's pretty significant. I had actually taken two week two weeks off work afterwards, specifically for um, physical and mental recovery, mm. um, uh, and yeah, for sure the mental trauma and everything of the big four has contributed to me being off work now. But it's not the main reason I'm off work, is it? By far, the main reason is PTSD from uh, something I, I went to at my job. Um, but the yeah, the mental side, it's kind of coming to terms with it. I've achieved this uh, amazing yeah. thing, which for me has been my entire life for two and a half years. Yeah, and um, it kind of leaves a void, the, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and also it's the idea that for me, Big Four has been my normality. Yeah. So I, I kind of 
I kind of think of it as not a big deal. Yeah. But actually, it is a pretty big yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, now uh, I've finished it. Uh, what now? Yeah. That is that feeling of what now. It is like, like I say, it's a void in my life that I have been trying to fill and uh, not very successfully. So I'm trying to. Uh, plan and think of other ideas and other 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 challenges i don't want to do anything quite as mental um quite as time again um to beat the time that you did i'll never do it again no (laughs) 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 it's it's definite i'm not doing it again Uh, my target was within seven days and And that's what i did yeah and that's that's enough isn't it Yeah. yeah now each individual round um, separately, I will go back to. Um, well, Northern Ireland, I've done within 24 hours. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I Four weeks after the Big Four, I went and did the Bob Graham again just to get that within 24 hours. And yeah. uh, I did it in 23 dead. Yeah. Um, so, so that was done. You know, in the Bob Graham, it was 32 hours. So uh, 23 was a significant difference. Yes, significant. <laughs> um, I need to go back to Wales um, and I need to go back to Scotland separately to go and do those in 24 hours. But it's. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure you'll know that because I mean, you, you've got to think of the cumulative fatigue when you were doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's the, the that level of um, endurance doesn't really leave for a long time, um, even though. Uh, I'm not doing massive amounts of uh, running at the moment. I'm, I'm up to maybe 60k a week, something like that. Um, but I'm also just trying to enjoy it, yes. rather than it purely training. Is yeah. going out and on on the hills, um, and not not worrying about training so much at the moment. And that's the physical recovery side of it. I mean, I, I can still feel right now as I'm talking to you a bit of tendonitis in my um in my shins i can feel it there it's not not significant but just niggling yeah um, so you want to be careful um, too yeah 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 i did a race at the weekend just gone um oh, only a, a small one a obstacle a 10k obstacle course race oh that's a bit of fun um, yeah exactly i thought that i thought uh the the it's not a big race, as in there's not a lot of people, and it's quite sort of a uh, uh, niche. Um, yes. There's not many obstacle course races in the north of England. So, but well, there's a good chance I'll do reasonably well, but I'm just going to go and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Uh, swimming through rivers and jumping into mud and things like that. <laughs> um, and it was, it was a good laugh. I, I did all right. I, I came fourth overall oh, and awesome. uh, first. Yeah, first bets as well. So yeah, yeah. Cool. um, uh, it was I, I was quite pleased with that really. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's the shortest my... race I've done in a long time. Yeah, one of my next questions was going to be what's next for you, but obviously you're you're still thinking about about that. Yeah, well, I've got one fairly major thing coming up in uh, October. Um, that is a World Series adventure race. So oh. it's um. Where's in that one? Galicia, Galicia oh. in Spain. Um, same team as my Spanish, my Spanish team. It's the same people, um, and that will be uh, around six hundred kilometers um, over the course of a week: mountain biking, running, and kayaking. Okay. Um, so that's it's going to be quite quite uh, tough. But being in a team, 
yeah. means that I don't think I'm going to be the weak, weakest or slowest in the team. Um, so it should be at a pace which is quite comfortable most of the time. The bit I'm not looking forward to really is the kayaking. <laughs> it's I, I love kayaking, but it's a hundred kilometers of kayaking. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so that, that's going to be quite hard work. Um, yeah, but the rest of it, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be right. And that's in October, so we're hoping that'll go uh, reasonably well. Yeah. Uh, after that, as in challenge-wise or FKT-wise, got a couple of ideas, but nothing fixed yet. Uh, there won't be anything until next springtime anyway, uh, spring, summer, um, due to daylight hours fading now. Um, I may do a winter Bob Graham, um, just because it's local uh, and... It's only 24 hours, so you can yeah. kind of uh, plan for it relatively Isn't easily. Isn't that funny to... you say only 24 hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. But that's the problem is um, yes. one of the hardest things about the Big Four was actually the logistics, yeah. the planning of it all. Um, I had over 50 people um, uh, helping, supporting mm -hmm. in different ways. And it, oh, it was crazy amount of support and everything. It was hard. It was hard. That side of it was hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. May I ask what you do for a job? Yeah, I'm actually a police officer. Okay. I yeah, I figured that, and I, I may have even read yeah. that. Yeah. So completely understandable. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah, some of the things that we deal with. Uh, yeah. Uh, it can be very challenging. Okay. Um, and yeah, the the. I obviously can't talk that much about what we deal with, but you can imagine uh, that the worst possible scenario pretty much is why I'm suffering at the moment. Um, uh, I don't mind talking about it to people face to face because it is in the incident was in the, in the press, but yeah. I, I shouldn't say anything too much on uh, a more no. public forum <laughs> no no that's fine that's fine but it, it's completely understandable um so just a couple of questions to finish off what has been the yeah. best piece of running advice you've ever received sorry my wife's just leaving uh, <laughs> bye <laughs> um uh yeah best best piece of running advice um probably uh when you are when you're training, try to uh, emulate what you would do in a race. Mm. So, if you are going to run down a um, uh, a steep hill or whatever, and then you're going to get to the bottom and start hiking up the other side, don't start hiking until you would in the actual race. Yeah. So, uh, try and keep it running right the way through to the point where you, you start you're going to start hiking and then keep it going don't um you know you don't just sort of slow down to a snail pace try and yeah. keep the pace up as much as, yeah. as you can that's probably one of the best things in actual running um bell running advice yeah. um uh <clears throat> i suppose uh, the other thing would be make sure your, your training is varied um because just running all the time and not doing strength and conditioning and not doing cycling, not doing uh, other things, 
yeah. uh, it ends up with injuries. So strength and conditioning in training, 100% yeah. is so, so how important. Much, how much cycling would you do in a week? <clears throat> Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, it's hard when you're addicted to running or, or, or love running. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, the town that I work in um, is about 20k from my home, so I relatively regularly would uh, cycle into work, yeah. either cycling or running. Um, so uh, I'd say at most 100k a week of, of cycling. Um, probably more like averaging about 50 to 60k a week I should do a lot more I just don't <laughs> yeah. yeah no 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 but it's just interesting I'm finding lots more and more runners are embracing cycling which I think is is awesome so yeah oh it's definitely worthwhile and everyone says that cycling is great for runners running is not great for cycling <laughs> no, it doesn't go the other way and, and that's that's fine but it's great for, for runners I totally agree I used to be a mountain biker myself, so that's probably okay. where I'm biased as well. Um, yeah. What is the, the funniest or most embarrassing running moment you've ever had? Ooh. Oh, that's a interesting question. Have you had any just funny moments, like instances that have happened? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I, I was doing a race uh, at Langstrath in the Lake District, um, where the beginning of the race... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, the beginning of the race, the race director explained the route and uh, said, when you get to a certain point, you must follow the flags. Yeah. Don't go anywhere else except following the flags. So that's what I did. And there was runners um, around where these flags were going in every direction all over the place. And I said, well, he said, follow the flags, what's going on? So, so uh, that's, I just carried on following the flags. But then the flags disappeared. Oh no. And there was no path. I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> oh well, I'll just keep going the straight line. And I got yeah. to a gate, went through the gate, and thought, oh, well, I'm pretty sure that I've gone off the route here. Um, so I'll just carry on down back to the start of the, of the race. Um, I knew maybe it should have been another kilometer or so longer than where I was, but I wasn't sure where it was meant to go. I had a map in my pocket, but I thought, well, I've gone wrong anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'll just go down. Um, and as I was running back down to the to the end, I went past the marshal, and the marshal said, well done, first position. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh well, just in case I'm right, uh, I'm going to absolutely fly down here to make sure no one passes me. <laughs> and I, I crossed the line first, no problem at all. Um and sat waiting for about five minutes before the next person came across the line. And but when I went across the line, the race director says, you're not Carl Bell. Because <laughs> Carl Bell is like the British champion and oh. all that sort of thing. He was running in that race. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, you must have cheated. No. <laughs> no, I didn't cheat. Don't call me a cheat. Thank you. <laughs> but. I, I had beaten Carl, Carl Bell by about uh, five minutes because he went on the right route and I followed the flags. Well, <laughs> Someone, the flag the, well, a member of the public had moved them. Oh, no. Oh. So I did what I was told. I yeah. just did the wrong route. <laughs> oh, that's... So oh. I still oh. get stick from, from my mates about uh, 
beating Calvell. <laughs> There's no chance I could beat him in any other way except by uh, cutting a massive corner. <laughs> That's funny. That is a funny one. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing everything about your, your huge run that you did. And um, I will put the links for the charity in the show notes. So, you know, for very worthy causes. And congratulations. And yeah, thank you so much. No problem at all. Thank you. And oh, also, I wanted to ask, where can people follow you when you're talking about on social media? Where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. That's probably the best place. Um, yeah. Roscoe.runs. That's R-O-S-C-O dot run. Yeah. Um, you'll find me there. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, uh, everything goes on Facebook as well, but uh, generally Instagram is easier. It, Ross Jenkin, I think on Facebook, it's just the facebook.com slash Ross Jenkin. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll add those links as well if, if people can't remember once they get home from their run from listening to this. So. No problem at all. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Bye. What a great guy, hey? And so easy to chat to and such good causes to support if you can. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with a friend, either on social media or directly. If you do though, share it on socials, don't forget to tag me. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out there on the roads and trails.